Alright everybody, welcome back in to 2 on OSU. I'm Ben Hutchins, joined as always by my identical twin brother and beat reporter Sam Hutchins. Um, Sam, it was quite the week, and it's been quite the last couple of weeks around Stillwater talking about these Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, and we'll get into what a crazy week and how impressive they looked uh, last Saturday against the Jayhawks. But first, we want to thank some sponsors for supporting 2 on OSU. They've been with us for a while now, and we just thank MidFirst Bank. Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Fire Lake Casino for their support of our show and everything we're doing at Sellout Crowd. And we also want to remind uh, all of you folks to drive into your best Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Remember, Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Sam, Cowboys looked uh, like the best team in Oklahoma last Saturday. OU wasn't playing, <laughs> so that helped. But uh, but they looked great. Yeah, um, and being credit to where credit's due, you, you know, you had them. In, in the last two on OSU, that was your prediction again. You had Oklahoma State beating Kansas State and beating KU. So they did it. They swept the Kansas teams, which that sounded maybe a little absurd a couple weeks ago. But the, the Cowboys put up 39 points, 39 whopping points. To, yeah. to win 39-32, pick up their first ranked win of the year. And, yeah, Ben, there's there's a lot of of Cowboys that you can credit for this win. Yeah, 39 points feels like the new 49 compared to what we've watched uh, OSU these this last season and a half, really. Um, 39 points feels like a lot. Uh, and, and it took a lot of Cowboys to get there, but mostly Ollie Gordon. I mean, he was kind of the OSU offense, and it all started on that screenplay. Uh, the, for the first of the game, Ollie Gordon busted down the left sideline for a big play. And I mean, the Big 12 recognized him. Uh, he had 284 total yards. Good for Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Ollie Gordon, he looked great. Yeah, that's right, Ben. And that he was the talk of, of Saturday, deservedly so, into the weekend. Ollie Gordon, you know, the Cowboys star who they've leaned on, who I would really credit or, or at least point out to as equally deserving of uh, of recognition for the Cowboys' two-game turnaround has been OSU's offensive line. Um, you, you know, you could just look at the eye test. Gordon had holes. Think about that that first screenplay on the first play of the game, Ben. Ollie caught the ball. The, the O-line had set it up, you know, nice play call by Dunn on the script to start the game, but Ollie wasn't even touched uh, uh, until, you know, he, he was 50 yards down the field, it felt like. So, the the offensive line was protecting Bowman well, which set up Bowman for success. The offensive line was carving holes in the middle of the, the, the KU defensive front to really clear some lanes for Ollie Gordon. And Ollie's the type of guy, he doesn't really need a lane to, to, to make good plays. So when you do give him a lane, and when the first person that's touching him is a linebacker or, or a safety that, that's crashing in run support, then he is really, really hard to stop. So. 289, that's what it was. That's what you get when the offensive line's playing well. Yeah, and one thing about that screenplay to open the game, um, of course, we asked Casey Dunn about it and you know Mike Gundy about it after the game, and they said, we've had that in the game plan for a while now. You know, We knew we wanted that play in because we knew it could go a long way, maybe even a touchdown. I don't think that that big chunk play to start the game surprised anybody on the OSU sideline because Mike Gundy told us, they identified the Kansas Jayhawks defense. The Jayhawks were in too deep. We've talked a lot 
about that secondary with, you know, guys like Kobe Bryant back there who, boy, he could have really changed the game with, with his dropped interception. But the way Kansas plays, Sam, they're, they're playing two deep guys, really avoiding the big play. And it allowed OSU to kind of dink and dunk its way down the field. And we saw Ollie Gordon catch a number of passes. He caught the touchdown on the first drive, too, in the flat. So uh, OSU, I think, yeah, like, of course, the offensive line's been playing better. That's what Gundy talked about today. But it was also a big win for the coaching and, of course, a big win for Ollie Gordon. Yeah, Casey Dunn can take a breath. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You know, the, the goalposts kind of move a little bit and not to, to, to defend him one way or the other because it, it certainly seems like he's been at fault and he's kind of put his hand up and say some of this is on me, the early season struggles. But um, it, it is funny now to see folks say, well, if you would have done this earlier, you know, you'd be 6-0. and And maybe that's the case. It certainly does feel like if the Cowboys had committed to – trot Bowman out there against Central Arkansas and feed it to Ollie Gordon, it feels like the Cowboys would be better than four and two right now. But um it was certainly a weekend for Casey Dunn and company to collect some flowers as well. Um and Ben, I just want to say, you know, one thing before we finish talking about Ollie Gordon, you know, I, I asked Mike Gundy about that today in, in the walk-off was Mike, what sort of you know, what's your surprise level that the offensive line has has really turned it around? Because that's who Gundy credited for Oklahoma State's um, big game on Saturday. He said the offensive line really protected well and blocked well. I, I, I asked Mike, you know, is rare the right word for to see a, a type of turnaround like this? And he said maybe rare is not the right word. Um, that, that's maybe going a little too far. But he did say the turnaround has been pretty exceptional. So we'll dive into that a little more later in the week. But I think that's where we can pinpoint the start of Oklahoma State's change from the team that got bullied by the South Alabama Jaguars to a team that, you know, K-State and KU, good defenses, good defensive lines. And OSU was kind of the team doing the bullying. So we'll see if it translates to the road, Ben. I, I know you're going to Morgantown. I sure am. And we'll, we'll get into the Morgantown game. Mike Gunny talked a little bit about uh, the Mountaineers today, and uh, we'll, we'll preview that matchup, especially coming up with our next episode. But but I know, Sam, you wanted to touch on the defense, and that's something you wrote about. Look, I mean, the narrative of what we talk about after games can change so easily with with uh, OSU's defense coming up with four critical fourth down stops and, and turnovers at the end of that game to, to give the Cowboys a win. What got into the OSU defense, and do you think it can continue? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I pretty much asked it, you know, to to to, to Brian Nardo verbatim because you have to, um, because if you think about it, and I'm sure everyone at home was screaming at their TVs, how's Kansas's tight end getting wide open and you know on the seam route and, and exposing OSU in the first half, and then in the second half, OSU closed that game with uh, two turnovers, two turnover on downs forced, and then the the last possession Kansas had of the game the clock hit triple zero. So the Cowboys were incredible at, at closing. It, it kind of reminded me, Ben, of a, a baseball game when your starter gets rocked a little bit, but you know your offense keeps up, and then in, in the sixth inning, it's maybe eight to eight, and, and then your relievers come in and pitch a shutout because that's what it felt like. Cowboys were losing at halftime. Jason Bean had thrown for four touchdowns at the half and dominated OSU. And then Cowboys really closed in the second half. So what changed? They unleashed Colin Oliver. And I, that sounds like something that OSU should have just done from the start, right? 
unleash Colin Oliver, but you have to think about it. What Kansas did so well was run the option play. Jason Bean, um, Gundy said post game, Bean's the fastest player on Kansas. So Brian Nardo said he he was worried about the option play and with Oliver being on the edge, you know, if you send Oliver in on a blitz, then if Bean runs out to that side and has the pitch man, that's just one less cowboy that the Nardo has that can run after those guys and get a stop. So um, once Nardo realized, hey, Kansas isn't really running too many option plays, he said, all right, Colin, blitz a little more. And Colin had two and a half sacks, career high. So monster game. And that um, the Cowboys ended up getting more pressure in the second half to, to force Bean in, into bad plays and to force the KU offense into uh, into hard to manage third and fourth down situations. The turnovers I feel like with this OSU defense have been the difference maker. The turnovers were noticeably lacking in you know the through through a non-conference play and in that Iowa State game. It just wasn't happening. The Cowboys weren't forced enough pressure on the quarterback, like you said, to to force those plays or you know, punching the ball out for fumbles and stuff. But these last two weeks, yeah, like we've talked about the offense and how much better it looks, but the defense is creating turnovers, which I think is going to have to be the way the Oklahoma State defense finds success this season. They yeah. fix the tackling issue. We talked about that. Tackling's no longer a problem. But we've seen for a while now kind of busts in the secondary. And it's become a noticeable trend to the point where I think it's probably an issue um, we saw it again with with you know Kansas Kansas uh, the Jayhawks getting wide open on several plays, and I don't think it's going to get marginally better um, throughout the rest of the season because OSU has so much uh, problems with depth in the secondary. You know uh, they're really missing lyric roles out there right now. So I, I don't I don't know if it's going to get corrected a whole lot. I think it could get corrected some, but I think the Cowboys are going to be giving up big plays. And the only way to counteract those big plays is to create turnovers. And Ben, here's what Xavier Benson told me post game that, that I thought was, you know, pr- pretty telling. He said it was frustrating because when KU wasn't kind of just scheming the guy open, the Cowboys were playing pretty well on defense. Even in that first half, when there wasn't a wide open Jayhawk, the Cowboys were doing a pretty good job containing KU. Um, it was just, you know, hey, one play that someone misses an assignment or, you know, Kansas schemes guy open, your whole drive just goes kaput and it's six on the board right then. Um, But here's something I missed in all that. And maybe it's because it's hard to notice things that aren't happening. But the Cowboys had three missed tackles, Ben. That's a pro football focused stat that you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, three missed tackles. This was the team that, um, let me pull up my numbers real quick. The Cowboys had been getting shredded on missed tackling early in the year against teams like Central Arkansas and Arizona State. So that's a thing where I asked Gundy about it, and Gundy said it for me. He's like, oh, we were awful in in the early season of missed tackling. So the Cowboys have really restored that. Yeah. Now, Sam, it seems kind of crazy, but here we are at the midpoint of OSU's season. Does does that seem real to you? It's It's already halfway through? No, because it feels like we've lived through three separate seasons already with the whole quarterback in flux deal, like the missed tackling, that was an issue. And then, you know, you go through the Oklahoma State is terrible phase and the Cowboys do not look good and they dropped to 0-1 in conference play. And now the the last mini season has been the Cowboys beating two good teams from the state of Kansas that you're like, oh my gosh, now everything's in front of this team. So. 
No, it does. It feels like three seasons already. I mean, yeah, like that's exactly what I was getting at. It's it's kind of crazy just to think about where the Cowboys were two weeks ago versus four weeks ago versus at the start of the season. How many answers we've you know sought and then gotten and then had to ask again. Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, but right now the Cowboys are are, are on a two game win streak. They're sitting at four and two overall and two and one in the Big Twelve. Uh, and they got some winnable games coming up, Sam. I, I mean, West Virginia next week is four and two, two and one in the Big Twelve. Cincinnati homecoming the week after that, they're below five hundred and they're zero and three in the Big Twelve. And uh, after that is OU, which is building up to be a massive game. So I just kind of wanted to get your take on um, what what the Cowboys are sitting at right now. I mean, do you, do you feel any different? Uh, is is Bedlam going to be a huge game, or are the Cowboys trending toward? You know, a bowl? I, I certainly think so. Yeah, yeah. No, they're almost locked into a bowl now with, like you said, Ben, um, preseason conjecture about early schedules versus, you know, quote, hard schedules. A lot of times you can throw that out the window. And to a certain extent, you know, the Cowboys missing Baylor seems a lot less fortuitous than it looked in, in the early part of the year. But regardless of that, you know, the Cowboys do have the four new schools left on the schedule, none of whom have looked exceptionally great. Um, so far. And you're right. Uh, Bedlam is shaping up to be a huge game. I-, I think, Ben, that the Cowboys could conceivably win out until Bedlam, setting up a wild night game as Bedlam tends to be, you know, quote unquote, the last Bedlam. I can't even imagine the hype around that. Um, it would probably be college game day, just looking at the other games that day. And, you know, if the Cowboys can get to that game with with just one conference loss, then everything becomes on the table, um, even against a team that's shaping up, looking like it's a lot superior in the Sooners right now. So that's exactly right. The Cowboys have salvaged, they've fought, they've scrapped. Um, Mike Gundy said, you know, in, in in a nod to the tackling thing, he's run the most physical practices of his coaching career. And OSU has flipped a switch this last two games to to really salvage their season and again, put everything on the table. Do you feel the same way? Certainly. I mean, as as weird as it is to say, I guess everything is still on the table for the Cowboys in terms of a Big 12 championship and um, a, a New Year's Six Bowl and all of that. It feels like whoever is the third team, the third best team in the Big 12 is going to be in a really good spot um, because I think there's a clear top two in the Big 12. And, and I don't yeah, think many no people would argue that. Um, but but somebody's going to be that third team. And, it, and it, Cowboys have as good of a shot as anybody to be that third team. Here's the thing, though. Oklahoma State has not looked good on the road, and that's worth reiterating with another road game coming up in a difficult spot to play in Morgantown is the Arizona State game. Look, Arizona State's just not good. So the Cowboys kind of struggled in in that game in Tempe. That that was not great. And then they, of course, lost in Ames, another difficult spot to play. But, you know, the Cowboys have been great at home, and that's a historic thing. Gundy's great at home as an underdog. So those two wins against Kansas and Kansas State are impressive. But you got to win games on the road if you want to be the third best team in the Big 12, if you want to be making noise in the mix as the dark horse spoiler to kick either OU or or, or Texas out of their, their trip to Arlington for a rematch of that. So the Cowboys, they need to start winning on the road, Ben. And we I haven't really seen them play winning football on the road so far. Obviously, they are 1-1, one one, but... It hasn't been great. Yeah. And look, I mean, we, we talk about the Cowboys being um, 
in, in a much better spot now than they were two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, and, and I think it got brought up with Gundy today. Does it, does it all kind of make you look back and think, well, if, if we would have gone to, to Bowman and, and Ollie Gordon sooner, what would this season have looked like? Uh, now, Gunny said, hey, he doesn't get caught up in, in moving back in the past. And he reminded us, hey, I, I don't necessarily think it's Bowman and Gordon uh, that, that have kind of changed things. I, I think it's just the offensive line blocking better. But Sam, I mean, that's what podcasts and shows are made for. We can go back and, and think about what this season could have been. How do you think things would have ended up if maybe uh, Alan, Gordon, or, uh, Alan Bowman would have gotten all the stats in the preseason? I mean, yeah, is, be, is, is this something we can even think about? It'd be a little disingenuous not to think about it or, or at least consider, you know, that that was the biggest decision the Cowboys made. And I guess it, it does feel like it was it was made too late. Um, you know, the quarterback battle, it was pretty even. Al, Al, Alan Bowman maybe didn't even truly win the quarterback battle, at least not on Saturday on TV. Um, we don't have privy to anything but the last few seconds of practice on, on Monday nights. But, you know, it, it was pretty even. So it, it does bring up the thought, hey, if you had just gone with a guy and maybe been able to realize that in the in the early part of the year against Central Arkansas or even in the preseason, the Cowboys have looked better. And Ollie Gordon came out and said it post-game, Ben. Um, I think you were there. I wasn't in that huddle. I, I just saw the quote. but. Um, were you in that huddle when Ollie Gordon, he, he kind of said what a lot of us have, have been thinking is it certainly helps an offense to have chemistry with one guy. Yeah, me and about 20 other reporters were all gathered around Ollie Gordon at the end of last game of, of course, uh, the, the hero. So, yeah, and, and I don't want to, you know, say a quote. I don't have it written down or anything, but he, he kind of said generally um, just how much better the offense has flowed since establishing a quarterback. He said, you, you can kind of feel it up front. You can feel that everywhere, that consistency. Uh, it's super helpful for an offense. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, credit to, to Mike Gundy for, for going with Bowman because it's worked out well. The decision, a lot of people, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about how split the OSU fan base was on, on each of those three guys. So, so Gundy did eventually make a decision and it looks like the right decision. Uh, we, just, we just wonder if, if, that would, if that decision would have been made earlier where the Cowboys would be. But uh, Sam, we're going to get into our two-minute drill here. And it's, it's been a fun little thing uh, to do where we each get asked two questions. We try and get under two minutes. This uh, first topic is, is pretty pertinent, Sam, with Terry Miller getting inducted into the OSU football ring of honor at uh, halftime of, of last Saturday's game. Sam, it brings up an interesting question. There's, there's four guys in there. Of course, uh, Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, Bob Finnamore, and now Miller. Two-minute drill. Who should be the next Cowboy in the Ring of Honor? The Cowboys need some defense in the Ring of Honor. And I know it's not what Oklahoma State's known for, but it's what Leslie O'Neill was known for. He's a, he, he was a Cowboy who played in the 80s for, for Oklahoma State. He ended up being NFL draft, first-round pick, eight overall. Um, so some folks might know him from, from playing for the Chargers or the Rams or the Chiefs. But Leslie O'Neill, Ben, was a D, a D end and a linebacker who was a beast at Oklahoma State. So I think he's more than worthy of being OSU's first defensive player in the Ring of Honor. Um, I, I say I say you gotta got to put him in. He was he he was great for the Cowboys. Big big eight player of the year. You know, only only a handful of players can claim that. So get him in there. 
All right, I'm going to go with Justin Blackman for the next Cowboy I think should be inducted into the OSU Ring of Honor. You might be skipping a couple generations here, but but I think Blackman is a guy to uh, to make that leap within and and get like a modern player, um, someone who played in Boone Pickens Stadium in the Ring of Honor. I think that's important. And Blackman, of course, is is more than deserving just from his on-field accolades. Uh, two-time Bolitnikoff Award winner. He was on some fantastic Cowboy teams. And I would say is one of the faces of kind of modern OSU athletic success. Justin Blackman needs to be in there. Next two-minute drill question, Sam. Of course, we got to talk more about Ollie Gordon. Um, who does he remind you of? What's your Ollie Gordon comp? I'm going to go to the NFL on this one. We could have gone around the Big 12 or wherever else, but I think a good comp for Ollie Gordon NFL-wise, he has a little Dalvin Cook in him. Cook, you know, played at Florida State and now plays for the, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, well, New York Jets now made, made, his, made his money with the Vikings, but Cook, you know, I, I looked up the height and weight. Cook is 5'10", 209. Ollie Gordon is 6'1", 212. So similar frame, but I, I think the, the three down nature of both guys, we're just now seeing it from Ollie Gordon, but it's what Dalvin Cook w- was great at. He can really pound you through the, through the middle, you know, halfback dive type stuff and be great between the tackles. But he's also great on outside swing passes, screen passes. They were both great. So Ollie Gordon flashed a little Dalvin Cook, which to me tells uh, tells me he can be a success at the next level too one day. I'll keep my comparison uh, closer to home. I'm going to go with Justice Hill. Uh, and Sam, I think that's just because of speed. I mean, Justice Hill is obviously one of the fastest running backs OSU's had here in recent memory. Uh, maybe him and Chuba are, are up there battling out for that. But the thing about Ollie Gordon, uh, of course, you see the frame. What I noticed, Sam, is how Ollie Gordon changes the angles for defensive backs. Those defensive backs and secondary members, they'll crash at him, Sam. But by the time they get closer to him, they're, they're, they're behind Ollie Gordon. Their angle is not right just because they don't anticipate or they aren't ready for the speed that Ollie Gordon brings to the table. Uh, so I think that's my, my comp for Ollie Gordon. That's not, that, that's not one I would have thought of right away, but I can get behind it. I, I appreciate that argument. It's crazy what he's done from a quarterback or a quarterback in high school, you know, who yeah. had a, he had mostly quarterback highlights, but it didn't take a, a college level coach to think, I wonder what that guy could do at running back. So it's crazy what he's become. And he could be, um, you know, some folks were, were throwing around mostly on Twitter, RBU for, for Oklahoma State and the Cowboys ring of honor would certainly indicate that they've had some success developing that position. Maybe Ollie Gordon's next. He he was really impressive, Ben. That that was a game that will really stick with you. No doubt about it. And we just want to tell uh, all of our two on OSU listeners and supporters, look, I mean, if this is your first time hearing or watching, uh, be sure to subscribe. And we, and we can uh, talk to you twice a week about the Cowboys and Cowboy football. Uh, as, as basketball season rolls around, we'll be talking basketball, softball, baseball. We won't stop even when the semester does. So be sure to uh, subscribe to our YouTube or or follow us on Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you you uh, you get your OSU content. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time on 2 on OSU.